We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Lays it in. Zach Levine does it again. The crossover. Levine. Get out the get out the way, Trey Young. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast around the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat, and we're talking about a Bulls team that is pretty much dead on arrival. Jason, the season isn't officially over just yet, but it sure feels like it is following last night's loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. Bulls lose 106-94. It's their fourth straight loss. It's their fifth loss in the last six games. Uh... They're still mathematically alive, even though the the Wizards continue to build their lead. I think the Bulls are now down three with seven games left. Is that correct? So uh, at 27 and 38 on the season, Vucevic has been out the last couple games. Uh, are the Bulls transparently tanking right now? I think that's something we could maybe talk about in an attempt to protect their draft pick status, but... Uh, another ugly game for the Bulls in what has unfortunately been a really ugly end of the season. Following the trade deadline, the Bulls make the big move for Vucevic, and everything has gone to hell ever since. Uh, Bulls are in a sad and sorry state of affairs right now, and anyone who watched that game with their full attention last night, more power to you, because I was watching it, but I was also cleaning the apartment a little bit. I was talking on the phone to a couple friends, and... It's just tough to give your full undivided attention to the team when uh, they're just playing out the string at this point. Yeah, I watched the whole thing, and uh, it was kind of a hilarious game. Just because, oh, I guess it got hilarious for a few minutes there. The first three quarters were absolutely terrible. I I did the recap for Bloggable, uh, and I I also watched the, was it the Friday game against the Bucks, and it kind of felt a lot like that game where like I know the Bucks didn't have Giannis that game, but the Bulls playing shorthanded, playing against a much better team. But that other team was just kind of dicking around like the entire time. But they but they were able to like keep up like a big enough lead. But like it was never like a total like embarrassment where it was like a thirty point deficit and all that. Uh, and then the Bulls kind of make a late push. They didn't really make a huge push against the Bucks. But they like got within eight at one point last night. They actually got to within one. They turned like a twenty point fourth quarter deficit going into fourth into a one. They went like a twenty four to five run. 
Kobe White, Denzel Valentine started hitting a bunch of threes. The Sixers bench unit was terrible. So I was like, oh, here, like maybe they'll pull out a hilarious win here. Of course, the Sixers put their starters back in and just totally shut the door. The Bulls offense fell apart. Denzel Valentine, as always happens, after he goes on a run of whatever great shots, uh, he immediately starts missing. Kobe did have a nice fourth quarter to end with 23 points, but uh, once Ben Simmons was put on him, it was basically game over for him. Uh, it said Kobe and Denzel's run was basically sparked by just the Sixers totally forgetting how to play. They got a bunch of wide-open three-pointers, uh, and that basically got them back into it. But once the Sixers locked down again, it was game over. And, I mean, that was basically the whole game. The first three quarters, the Bulls offense just dead in the water. And, it's, and I mean, it's been that way the last – without Zach and Vooch, I mean, you understand that's what it's going to be like. The offense, It's going to be a struggle to score offensively. And these starts, every game, the starts have been awful. They, I feel like there's some streak they have going of, like, first quarters with 20 or fewer points. There's nothing nothing going on there offensively. And they make they, they like just stay in these games enough to make it kind of interesting like they did last night. And, uh, but yeah, it's four games back with seven to play. The Wizards look amazing. The, they barely lost to the Mavs the other night. They put up 154 on the Pacers last night, who – the Pacers had just put up 152 on like maybe the Thunder, I think, and then they give up 154 to the Wizards, who had like 50 some assists. Russell Westbrook's putting up huge numbers. I mean, at this point, it looks like the Wizards will probably end up maybe even eight. They, they, man, they, the Bulls might not even be chasing like them at this point. I mean, ch- for chasing as much as you can say they're chasing anybody. Like the Pacers, I know the Horn, like upcoming, the Bulls have a couple days off before they play the Hornets, who now will be without uh, what I think Miles Bridges is in COVID protocols. Uh, PJ Washington saw us out. I think Devontae Graham's hurting. So, like, they have a bunch of injuries, but like I said, the Bulls are too far back to them at this point for that to really matter. They're probably too far back to the Pacers. So, yeah, it, like, for all intents and purposes, the season is basically over. They'd have to, like, win out and then get help to make, to, to get back. And we, considering the rest of the opponents, like, they got the, the Bucks, they got the Nets a couple more times, they got the Raptors, uh, they got the Celtics on Friday night on national TV. At this point, it is, we are kind of bringing, like, the tank gifts back. Like, it's like I think most people are kind of turning to they need to tank and preserve the best odds possible uh, for the top, to keep the top four pick. And I think they're, like, 31 32% right now because they're in that shocking, that number seven slot. Uh, like, it really sucks that it's come to this point where after the trade, we thought they were going to make this big push, get into the playoffs. And now we're, like, rooting for lottery balls again. But, I mean... It's just the way it is. Some unlucky stuff with Zach with the COVID protocols. Apparently, he might be back. Like, I don't even know. Like, I mean, Vucevic got a, had an MRI in his hip. Zach supposedly will be back for Thursday's game. They both they both might be back. But uh, like, I, I don't even know. Like, is there is there a point to it anymore? Like, should they shut the rookie? Would you just shut them down at this point and basically tank? No, I think you might as well try to play because you know it's funny. As soon as we started this podcast, and I'm giving the intro alluding to are the Bulls tanking? Matt published a post at Bloggable, basically saying they're not tanking; they're just bad, and we don't really need <laughs> having this discussion. So, no, I wouldn't tank. I feel like that's bad juju. Too, I agree. I agree. For your lottery luck, like you might as well try. You might as well play Levine. And Vucevic, in, are there going to be fans in the stands now, too? Yeah, Celtics, Celtics game on Friday. They're back. It's their first game at the United Center with fans in the stands. Right. So don't tank. Play the, I agree. Play Vucevic because more likely than not, uh, you're going to lose your pick to the Magic. Like, that's the trade you made. Uh, looking at their pick odds right now, they have 
Uh, let me see. So they have like a 7.5% chance to get the first pick, 7.8% chance to get the second pick, 8.1% chance to get the third pick, and 8.5% chance to get the fourth pick. Otherwise, they're losing the pick, and that's it. So basically, we're praying for lottery luck. And if that doesn't happen, I mean, I'm sure that everyone is going to want to relitigate the Vucevic trade. Uh, again, it seems like we do that after every single game. But, uh, you know, when the Bulls made that deal, they figured they were losing their pick. So get over it. You're losing the seventh pick in the draft. It makes it a little bit easier to swallow after we just watched Lowry Markin and Wendell Carter and Kobe White all get picked at seven, and none of them were all that good. Uh, so as a Bulls fan, I mean, it sucks to lose the pick. It sucks that we're losing a pick in 2023. It sucks that they also had to give up Wendell Carter, who I think has more trade value than someone like Lowry Markinen. They would have put Markinen in that spot instead of Carter. I would have felt a little better about it. It also sucks that they had to take on Al Farouk Aminu because he's making $10 million next year. That's going to complicate their cap space. Lord knows the Bulls have a lot of work to do and that this team is not particularly close right now to competing for anything meaningful. Uh, but it's important to remember, too, that we never really saw the Zach Vucevic pairing uh, at the peak of its powers, right? Because Levine had the ankle injury as soon as they made the trade. Levine only really had one great game, really half a great game, and that was against the Hawks when he ended up scoring 50. But if you look at Levine's numbers from the time the trade for Vucevic was made, his numbers are a far cry from what they were in the first half of the season. I attribute that mostly to the ankle injury. Uh, so, you know, just a snake-bitten season by the Bulls, man, and you scooped me by saying that after all this, they're back at number seven. Even after <laughs> making the all-in trade, trading multiple first-round picks, even after finally firing Garpax, even after firing Jim Boylan and getting a real coach in there in Billy Donovan, they are still the seventh worst team in the league, Jason. We're just cursed. Cursed to always be the seventh worst team in the league. It's uh, it's pretty disappointing. And, man, would a little lottery luck go a long way for this team. Could they trade yeah. the lot? Like, if they land four, could they trade the pick? Uh, yeah, I mean, once, like, the lottery happens uh, and it's you take, they have it, it's, there, it's theirs, I'm pretty sure. I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess, they'd, I guess technically they'd probably have to make the pick first. So I guess, like, theoretically, you could do a thing where you, like, you agree to the trade, you make the pick, and then you'd, like, include it as, like, a in the in the trade package. I think that's what they'd have to do. Yeah, because obviously it would uh, – the pick would what? It would transfer over to next season if they do keep it. But I'm pretty sure. I, yeah. I just don't think they'd be able to, like, officially pull – like, execute the trade before the draft, I think is how that would work. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, they could just yeah, they could really they could certainly use that lottery luck. It is like I said, it, not that the season has been like great by any means, but obviously that there were some nice moments with like Zach playing well early in the season, with Thad Young playing great, and like they, I mean, they were in a position like position. I mean, a few like they started struggling right before the trade happened. And I think that kind of got them into the tr- like we need to make a move here. But like there was a point where like they were playing pretty good basketball. They were fun to watch. Uh, so for it to be ending the way it is, just another like dismal season uh, where they need lottery luck to just keep the pick at all. I pointed this out recently. I might have even pointed this out on a, a recent pod where this will be the fourth straight season since they traded Jimmy that they have literally not been above 500 a single time. Like not even like a beginning of the season. Like they won like the first game and then like started losing. They started all four seasons with a loss. They have literally never been above 500 once. 
Uh, and obviously, they I think now I think now I think coming into this season, I think they had the second worst record in the league over the last three years behind the Knicks. Obviously, with the Bulls sucking and the Knicks playing great, like I think the Bulls have, I think have the worst record in the NBA over the last four seasons, and uh, that's depressing shit. Especially when you consider that out of these drafts, they've just really gotten nothing out of them. Like obviously, the, you did you got whatever you used one dollar to get Vooch, but like uh, Kobe White is like is okay. Like Lowry looks like he's probably gonna be gone. He was. He came. He missed the game with an illness. He just came back, and he's apparently not 100. percent He's been awful the last two nights. Um, and yeah, when I mean, you've been this bad for 40 years, but like, don't when you didn't get like a franchise cornerstone out of that one of those drafts. Like, that's just it's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, it absolutely sucks. And Matt brought up the Sean Kilpatrick <laughs> yeah. name in his last post about tanking. Uh, it's tough, man, and to me, that makes the blow of losing the pick sting a little bit less. Like, of course, there's an opportunity cost to losing the pick. Like, they could have flipped that pick for someone else. Uh, maybe you hit on a star finally, just based on mathematical probability of landing so many zeros uh, in the draft again and again. But, yeah, dude, it's tough, and the Bulls have a long way to go. I think that if you're coming up with, you know, their list of needs, at this point they need a shot creator the way the Bears have always needed a quarterback. Maybe the Bears finally have their quarterback now. Yeah. Justin Fields. So Let's go. <laughs> perhaps the Bulls can finally find their point guard, their shot creator. They have not had that guy since Jimmy Butler left. It is by far the biggest need on the team. Uh, and, of course, you know, the way that we define point guard and the role of the point guard or the offensive initiator has just totally changed, even since when D. Rose was here 10 years ago. Uh, the game has evolved, and, you know, the type of guy who now calls the shots on the offense is now typically a more of an oversized ball handler. That's exactly the type of player the Bulls need. Until they get that, the team's going to continue to be pretty bad probably. Uh, I am encouraged by what we saw out of Vucevic in terms of his playmaking. So I think that that could be something that could sort of alleviate the burden of not having a true facilitator. That's the one area of Vucevic game that has surpassed my expectations following the trade deadline. He looks really strong as a passer. Obviously, he has so much gravity as a scorer uh, that the defense really has to focus in on him, but he has good court vision. Uh, He's certainly not Jokic level uh, as a high post facilitator, but but he's damn good, and I think that after we saw all the success that Young has had this year, uh, being the main fulcrum of the Bulls' offense as a passer, I think Vucevic steps into that role next year, hopefully can level up a little bit. Uh, you know, last night was another poor game for Patrick Williams, but Patrick Williams is going to have a huge spotlight on him moving into next season. I think they need to give the young man the ball and let him cook offensively. I think off the ball, his skill set isn't particularly special, but on the ball, uh, he's shown some flashes, man, and I really want to see the rest of this season. The one thing I would want to see is the Bulls play out the string is Patrick Williams running more pick and roll. Why not? You got nothing else to lose. Let the guy try to get downhill a little bit. Uh, get him some dribble handoffs. Just get him some isolation, some clear outs on the right side where he can go to work. I would love to see the ball in Patrick Williams' hands because he has seemed to show a pretty good grasp of, like, feel for the game. Uh, He's definitely able to absorb contact on his drive to the basket as a scorer. So even though it's been a rough stretch for Pat, I don't think that just putting him off the ball and as a spot-up shooter is the best way to use him and that the Bulls should, 
in these last seven games, sort of stretch them out offensively as best they can. And it'll also be interesting to see what they do with Daniel Tice. This will be the last thing I say, and then you can take it from here, Jace. Uh, Tice plays 40 minutes last night. He's been playing, you know, some power forward, some center for him. He's going to be a free agent. Is Daniel Tice going to return? Uh, that's going to be one of the big questions of the offseason. Tice is awesome. It's been great to watch him play. While there has been some consternation among the fan base about losing Daniel Gafford because he's been really good in Washington, I'll still take Tice over him. And I think Tice has been wonderful, but they just have bigger needs than backup center. And I don't think Tice is a four. They need two more wings. They need another, you know, they need a point guard or a playmaker. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Tice long-term moving forward. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, you mentioned Patrick Williams. He did uh, have the really nice first half against the Hawks, at least. I think he had, what, 15, 16 points. The Bulls scored 63 points in that first half. They were up nine at halftime. Uh, I think most people did figure that they'd fall back on earth in the second half, and they did. They ended up basically getting blown out. I think they had, like, 30-some points in the second half, didn't even score 100 points. But, I mean, there's at le- there was at least those flashes there where he did have a big – he was aggressive, had that big first half. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that'll that be there. With Zach and Vooch back, like, I guess I don't really – have many high expectations for Pat to all of a sudden start breaking out this last week or two. I feel like just with Zach and Vooch running the offense, like there's just not as many opportunities for him, and he just kind of does settle into that more passive role. It's something he'll just have to l- learn to grow in. And, and obviously it's been a long season. He's been one guy who's – I think he's played most of the games. I think he's missed a couple games here and there. But, like, certainly in this weird, just condensed schedule, like he's probably hitting a bit of a wall, and, like, he just – for the most part, outside of some flashes, he hasn't been that effective. But, yeah, I mean, obviously he's super important for this team's future. You mentioned Daniel Tice, and we've talked about him. Like, it would be great to have him back. But, yeah, I mean, it's just clear just that they need a lot more talent to just be considered an actual contender. I mean, to, and we've talked about the fits of this roster and how they have, like, a lot of their good players are big guys, and they need to balance it out more with wings and with an actual guard, like, I mean, Kobe's been, like, okay stuff. Like, he's had his moments. But even, even like, last night, I mean, he was terrible for three quarters, and then he, had like, caught fire in the fourth. And But, like, once I, once you put a good defender on him, and Ben Simmons. I know Ben Simmons shut down, shuts down a lot of guys. Like, Ben Simmons had Kobe White just, like, totally locked up, just playing super physical. He's big. I mean, Kobe just had very little chance against him. We kind of saw that against the Bucks too, uh, against another good defender in Drew Holiday. I mean, the Bulls' offense was going nowhere. Kobe was bad for three quarters. Caught a bit of fire in the fourth when the game was – uh, big deficit. Bucks just maybe not trying as hard defensively. Uh, I think Kobe was bad against the Hawks. So like he's had some moments here as a starting point guard. 
Uh, he helped win that Heat game. He's had a few other big games. But like I think he, he obviously is still young, but again, you need a clear upgrade there. If you're if you're serious about being a possible contender next year, you probably need a better point guard. And uh, with the way the salaries are set up, like you just don't know if he'll be able to bring back Daniel Tice. We're not like we'll see what happens with Lowry. I mean, like I said we think Lowry's gonna be gone, but will they let him walk? Will they sign and trade him to get get the, help get that upgrade? And we've talked about the Lonzo thing all the time, but yeah, I mean they just clearly need. A lot more talent. They they need more time to mesh. I mean, that's that's a big thing we've talked about too. Like as as you mentioned with like the Zach Vooch thing, they just never really got the chance to like mesh and with both of them playing at a high level. The trade happened. Zach was hurt. There's all these games without practices. Then uh, Zach gets COVID and he can't play then. And now Vucevic has missed some time too. They just really haven't had a chance to get in that rhythm. So like on the fly, it just really just has not worked out this season. It's obviously super unfortunate at considering. When you trade for another all-star to add to your all-star, you would hope to be a little better, especially in this Eastern Conference. Although some of these other teams in the East have been playing a lot better lately. I mean, the Knicks have been incredible. The Knicks have been, like, elite offensively. We saw them just beat the Bulls' ass the other night. Uh, the Hawks are playing better. The Heat are coming around a bit again. The Celtics, like Jason Tatum, has been great. The, Heat, the East has gotten a little better. I guess. I mean, the Wizards have been playing awesome. Uh, it's still super disappointing that it just seems like the Bulls probably just won't even be have a chance here in like the last week. They do have a couple of winnable games coming up. Like I mentioned, this Hornets game, they have a good chance to get a win. They play the Pistons on Sunday. I mentioned the Celtics on national TV Friday, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a bummer. Like I said, I feel like just like no one can, like we've gotten to another point in the season where I, what was it? The, one of the last pods we did when we had uh, Chris and Laro on, and we were talking about how excited we were. Like, oh, like you know, we're like really into this bowl season still, and like it's great to like have like have something to cheer for. Like, and that was what like one or two weeks ago. And now it's like the season just feels totally dead. I feel like there's no interest. I mean, just watching the game last night, I feel like nobody was watching. Barely anybody was talking about the game on Twitter. And just like we're just at another point in the end of the season where nobody cares. And it, and it just stinks. I mean, it's four, we're four years running on this. Uh, if anyone has any questions, comments, wants to come on stage, uh, we're happy to bring you up. Otherwise, Jace, I don't have too much left. So uh, I'll let you wrap this uh, one up. How about those uh, Javante Green minutes last night? Uh, he had a sick putback dunk. Uh, and this, I guess, we're like, I mean, that's just another thing about the end of the roster that we've complained about. Like, at least I'm glad Billy at least threw him out there instead of going. Like, Arch played, I think, the first half did absolutely nothing again in his five minutes, which he, he missed an open three. Uh, he got tried to take a charge against Shake Milton, I think it was, and basically got run over. It was on a stupid play. Uh, but Javante Green, nice, nice, some nice minutes. You mentioned Aminu as well. Like, Aminu looks terrible out there, but, like, he at least brought some, like, defensive energy during the, the run in the fourth quarter. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I mean, Javante Green has no future on this team. But uh, Javante Green was basically playing the role of, like, of uh, Shaq Harrison or who else? Like, some of the other guys that the Bulls have played at the end of these seasons where they, like, they come in and they play hard. And they, they, like, make runs. They make these – they do these fake rallies. But, like, when it really matters, like, they're, they're not actually any good. Uh, I know Green missed, like, a point-blank layup off a of Kobe pass in the fourth quarter when they were still trying to come back. Uh, but whatever. I, props to him for fighting hard. And I guess I'm, Shaq Harrison might, like, be starting games for the Nuggets pretty soon. It's like, everybody on the Nuggets, is, all their guards are hurt. And he was getting minutes last night against the Lakers in a huge game, which was kind of funny. And, I mean, the Bulls can honestly use a guy like Shaq Harrison still, even though he's not that good offensively. Just That just kind of goes back to the weird stuff at the end of the roster that the, the Bulls shorthanded now. Uh, they're forced to play guys who just like aren't any good. I mean, at least Javante Green tries and had a sick put back dunk. But yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think I really have anything else. Like I said, these games have just been boring. 
There have been moments where they're like, okay, again, they have one big run on them yesterday, and but that was it. I mean, the rest of the game, the rest of the game was awful. I mean, the Bulls, even the Sixers, like the Sixers were shooting well, but the, like they were kicking the ball and throwing the ball over. The Bulls couldn't hit a three pointer. They were doing the same thing. Like the Bucks game, I said was similar. The Bucks didn't play well at all. They had no Giannis. Middleton was throwing up bricks. Like they were just to use their defense to basically beat a short-handed team. The Hawks game, the Hawks obviously weren't good for the first half before they finally like turned it on and won. These games have just been really tough to watch. Like, kudos to all the Bulls fans out there that are still watching, cheering for them, and paying attention. It's tough to watch when the All-Stars aren't out there, when Zach's not out there after being so good all year, and they're just losing all these games, and the season is kind of winding down again. It doesn't really matter. So props to all these all the Bulls fans out there who are still paying attention, still listening to us yammer about them. Uh, I guess we're, we're at this point we're just going to have to, like, pray for lottery luck and uh, – Pray for a big off season. I know AK said that they weren't done once they traded. They made these trades at the deadline, and uh, hopefully that they are absolutely not done. I mean, they make some big moves to change the fortune of the teams. Um, yeah, I got really nothing else. Ricky, you're definitely done. Yeah, just reading the uh, comments here by Brian. What happens first? The Bulls reach the Eastern Conference Finals, or the Bulls return to the lottery? Uh, obviously, it is more likely that the Bulls return to the lottery. They're not even close to the top teams in the East right now. The Bucks, the Sixers, the Nets. I mean, you need one of the five best players in the league to be in that group, and the Bulls aren't even close. Uh, Brian also says, unless the Bulls luck into Cater Suggs or somehow sign a legit first or second team All-NBA guy, I just don't see the near-term ceiling of this team. I fully agree. The Bulls have a lot of work to do, even after the Vucevic trade. Uh, they should have a good foundation with Levine and Vooch, but, I mean, in terms of competing at the highest levels of the league, they got a long way to go. Colin says, what's it going to cost to keep Tice? I don't know. I think that's a really interesting question. The one thing that throws a wrench into it is that a lot of teams this year have some money to play around yes. with. There's not a great free agency class. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Tice sign, like, a ballooned one-year deal where he can just get a decent payday this year from a team with space and then re-enter the market in a year or two. Uh, the Bulls, I think, could only offer him their mid-level exception. And as I've been saying on this podcast, they have bigger needs than a backup center, and that's what Tice's role is. If anything, it sort of shows you just how valuable or the lack of value centers have because, like, you could build a good team if you had someone who was exactly as good as Vooch but was a wing <laughs> and then could have Tice. Yeah. Like, that would be a good team. But instead, they went all in on Vooch. He's a center. That might be the easiest position to find. So, you know, it's just another thing to think about. Someone like Tice has been good, but I'm just not totally sure uh, if, you know, if he's going to fit long-term with Vooch. Uh, Jafar says Bulls need to trade the young guys from the Garpax era. Totally agree yeah, with that. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I, I think I was thinking about that last night. I just, like, I'm looking forward to, like, the someone asked me about, like, the core – and like, or, like, what they should do with the roster. And my basic answer is, like, the core right now is Zach Vooch, Patrick Williams. Anybody else can go. Like, I'm I'm not out on Kobe, but, like, if they want to trade Kobe for somebody else, fine. Like, I'm totally fine basically turning over almost the entire roster at this point besides Zach Vooch, Patrick Williams. Obviously, if you can somehow make, like, some huge trade for a star, including Patrick Williams, go for it. But, like... Outside of those three guys, nobody should be safe. You can turn over almost anybody. Again, I talked about you, you like they had young Daniel Tice, nice veteran players, but like, I mean, if you move on from them, and that's also fine. Like, just but yeah, I mean, they just need to, yeah, they just need to turn over a lot of this roster. So even with two all stars there, they just clearly need 
more just like more versatility around those two guys, given they are like offense first, uh, defensive weaknesses there. They just they have to find the guys that can fit with them, uh, and then help raise their ceiling. And so yeah, there's still just a lot of work to do for sure. Colin says, is Temple coming back, Fad or Sato or both? Temple's out an expiring deal, so we'll see if they bring him back. Fad and Sato both have uh, a small guarantee for their contracts next year on a team option. So they could pick them up. Uh, both those guys are making, you know, over $10 million a year. I think Fad's making about 14 Or they could, like, pay him $4 million and get him off the book. So that'll be interesting. Uh, and in terms of guys missing – missing games down the stretch here with mysterious injuries. I think it's just bad luck for your lottery. Maybe I'm superstitious, but if you really want to hit the lottery, I think just play out your best players. You've got uh, fans in the stands, and you're probably going to lose anyway. And you traded the pick. So if it ends up at eight or nine or whatever, who cares? So uh, maybe I'm superstitious, but, man, I would play Zach and Vooch. And just you traded the pick already. Let the lottery gods determine what happens. And I don't think that resting healthy players or, like, transparently tanking is the way to go. Just my two cents. I would rather have, uh, you know, just some some good vibes on your side rather than a slight mathematical advantage. That's just me. Yeah, and obviously, like, if there are, like, if Vooch's hip is still bothering him, yeah, sure, absolutely rest him. Like, whatever. I, you, maybe not shut him down for the rest of the season, but, like, if there's, like, if he's, like, questionable, like, probably just don't play him. And, like, with, I mean, with Zach... I mean, as obviously he tested positive for COVID. Apparently, uh, he was in the protocols longer than initially thought. Like, we're not totally sure what's going on there. I was reading about like there's like cardiac screening they have to do, and like some other like it, he seemed like he was very frustrated that he was in it so long that he seems fine. But I mean, we've seen guys who have gotten COVID and they come back and they really struggle. We saw Evan Fournier talking recently about how it was like a big, it's been a big struggle for him, and like Tatum said it as well, and like other guys bad initially so like Zach comes back and he's like really struggling like with breathing and just like not feeling well then I then I also probably would just shut him down but if he's fine yeah I don't want to just like rest him and just like totally like totally like you said tank if the guy can play and he's like at 100% like yeah I don't want to just like you said like I'm, first of all I just kind of would rather watch the, those guys play against like whatever they play against the Nets they play against like Katie and Kyrie like they're probably still going to lose anyways like you said I just at least like to see some decent basketball because these last few games have just been so miserable. Like, I'm just so sick of watching shitty basketball. Like, they'll probably lose anyways. But at least give me something that's, like, aesthetically decent to watch. And like you said, I mean, basically at this point, if you, like, you pull up that tankathon, they're not getting any worse than seven. So, like, the, they're basically in the best spot they can be right now, which is 31.9% to keep that top four. I mean, if they do, they're probably not falling past – I mean, maybe the Pelicans were like you said, it's probably eight or nine if they were to rise at all. And that's a, either a 5% chance or 10% chance increase. Like, I mean, yeah, you can argue at this point that they should be maximizing those percentages. But, I mean, it, it's just like – and that's just, it's just like another – it's just so annoying that we're talking about this again. Like maximizing 5 to 10% chance on maybe keeping your draft pick. Uh, and we've been playing the draft pick game for a while now here, and it just hasn't really worked. So it just – it sucks. It definitely sucks. <laughs> Well, Jace, I think we should wrap it up. All right. Feel free to give your Yeah, all right, yeah. Thank thank you, for, as always, for everybody who commented and listened. As I said, more power to you for sticking with the Bulls here down the stretch here as during these 
during these struggles to finish the season. Hopefully, maybe there will be some good vibes to end the season. And if they do miss the play-in, as it looks like they're going to do, those good vibes can be taken to the draft lottery whenever that is in a month or two. Uh, as always, period cash considerations, shout-out to the Blue Wire Network. If you like our pod, we have a ton of other great pods across the network, not just NBA. ton of other great stuff. Go check that out. Blue Wire is growing, growing quickly. A lot of, lot of great stuff out there. For us, as always, uh, this pod, if you just came in this, uh, came in late, uh, you only caught a part of it. If you want to uh, catch the rest of it, this pod will be up later tonight on our feed. As always, we're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Please rate and review us as well. Uh, give us those five-star ratings. Let us know how we're doing. You know where to find us on Twitter. I'm at Bulls Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, once again, the Bulls have a couple days off here. They play the Fortnite Thursday, Celtics Friday. Close to Pistons Sunday before the last week of the regular season. Uh, we'll probably be back to talk. I'm not totally sure when we'll record next, but probably sometime after the next couple games. So uh, we'll talk again. Talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.